When the pupil is ready, the master will appear. And welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we're climbing the rungs of cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and for the 170th time, I am joined by my pupil. Brennan Fitzpatrick. Uh, and it's it's Zorro, Zach. It's, it's Zorro the film, it's a Zorro. Yeah, I'm going to carve a big Z in this podcast. Yeah, Z for, for, Z Zach. for Zach. Yeah. I did go through a period of time in middle school when I signed yearbooks with a big Z, just a Z. Um, not as a Zorro reference, just as a <laughs> me reference. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, you tried You tried to, wow, way to culturally appropriate the Zorro Z. That's true. Oh, it's just, you know, he, was, he was a hero of mine. Uh, I, have, I have some childhood Zorro stories that we'll get into. Yeah. But uh, last week, we discussed The Princess Bride, and this week, due to a masked man with a sword connection, we will be discussing... The Mask of Zorro, the 1998 movie by Martin Campbell, currently streaming on Netflix, and yep. uh, with us, uh, Antonio Banderas, Anthony Hopkins, the two A's, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, of course, as well. Making her big screen debut. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is the first big Catherine Zeta-Jones role, so this is very exciting. Uh, then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. We'll be spoiling The Mask of Zorro, so if you haven't seen it, it is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching this, mm-hmm. and it's pretty like you know low stakes action, '90s action blockbuster. Uh, it's kind of long though, so if uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched it and you want to, it is on Netflix and has been for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't so. think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Much no, like Zorro they have, himself, they have the sequel as well on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe we'll be watching that next week. So pause this podcast, go watch Zorro, and then come back and listen to us discuss. Or if you just want to skip ahead, here we're picking for next week's movie timestamp is in the description of this podcast and if, you know we always say pause the podcast but i do think like if you're looking for a fun movie to watch i think this is like i don't think you can do yeah much worse and i feel like this is one that not that many people have seen well that's just the thing is you can do a lot worse for 90s radio and tv remakes of old school action heroes <laughs> that like originated either via radio plays or or early comic books, or early TV, like, compare this movie to something like The Phantom with Billy Zane, or The Shadow, or The Shadow with, uh, or The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. This movie, like, blows both of those out of the water. But it is the same sort of, like, let's take very old IP that hasn't been touched in 60 years and put a new spin on it. Yeah. And so um, it's very like I mean there were TV, there was a TV case. show for this right, right. Um, I saw like I thought there was more there was well, more a long time ago yeah yeah but that, that thing was like the 50s or 60s I saw right. and there were some movies and things like that but yes it was reimagining of some new uh, yeah. some old it's, IP it's, it's, this was a big thing to do in the 90s was reimagine a you know early early silver screen era superhero folklore hero and give it a 90s spin. And yes. I think that this was uh, what definitely one of the more successful ones. Both, was it both successful? Best, I think it uh, I guess was. I guess we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, that with the box office. With the box though, office, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I had a lot of fun with this film. Yeah, I feel like this is a movie that I the only person I've ever heard say anything about it is Mac, um, mm-hmm. and that's the only reason why I would have given this any. I just assumed this movie sucked, and uh, to my surprise, I did not think it sucked. Getting yeah. we're stepping all over. Yeah. Our, I did our not think it sucked either, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so and as always, submit your feedback to us, ratings, questions, comments, at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, themovieladder at gmail.com. Follow us, The Movie Ladder, on Letterboxd. 
And uh, I haven't shouted that out in a while, but we do have a, there's a, there's a link in the description of this podcast, but we do have the library ladder challenge going yep. on through the whole year. Yeah. It's uh, been a lot of fun. Few, few movies into that. So if you're looking for a movie challenge, it's set up to be every other week. So you're not too far behind. You're just like, I don't know what, uh, maybe eight, not even eight, six movies behind uh, right now. No, we also haven't gotten in a really long time a review on Apple Podcasts. Neither. I was looking at that a while. Um, I was looking at that recently, and the last review we got was like two years ago. So get get on over there. Give us give us a review. Only, you know, no less than five stars, please. Uh, you can also do it on Spotify now. You just you have to mark the pod, podcast as played, um, and that's just a score. You don't even have to write anything. Um, yep, so I was going so, through and like marking podcasts that I liked with five stars. Yeah. Uh, just so let's to... let's let's get some visibility out there. We we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, I mean. But, Brendan, I mean, do you really want to read feedback people have about our podcast? No, not really. But, like, I mean, it's, you know, if our friends want to. Yeah, if our friends write nice things. Uh, If you're not going to write nice things, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, as we've said before, this is much more of, like, a movie club where we just have, you know, talk about movies with our friends. Where we climb the the rungs of cinematic connections. Cinematic friendship. Yes, yeah, yeah. friendship. Yes. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the movie challenge, library ladder challenge, Brendan, why don't you get into the best thing you watched this week? Yes. Yeah, so maybe the, it's from that. I don't know. It, it is not from that this week. But uh, the best thing I watched this week, speaking of movies that prey on nostalgia, I watched the brand new movie on Apple TV Plus, Tetris, uh, uh, directed by John S. Baird, starred Taron Egerton. Uh, this movie was a lot of fun. This really? movie was uh, all about how this American game developer in the 1980s tries to smuggle the global rights for Tetris out of communist Russia. And it's like one part the Americans and one part like an Ocean's Eleven type film, but also like sort of a Wes Anderson-y style campiness to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where it's very like self-aware about how serious it's trying to be, while not all actually being serious, and it also plays on a lot of '80s nostalgia, especially around Nintendo games. Um, you know, you get like some Mario references, and some Pac-Man references, and some some Pong references, and you nice. like, and of course, there's like the titular thing that everybody wanted in the late '80s, early '90s, which is like multiple shots of people discovering Tetris on Game Boy for the first time. Hmm. And how, like, ingrained in nostalgia that just the idea of having Game Boy with Tetris became. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's what a big deal it was. Because, like, I remember, you know, I was eight years old, nine years old, when Tetris came out and when the Game Boy came out. And it was the only game I wanted to play for, like, years. Like, I still think about, like, if I could have a Game Boy just to play Tetris, how fun that would be and how time, how much of a time suck it would be. But I would I would play Tetris on Game Boy right now if somebody handed it to me. I feel like there's lots of Tetris, like, websites that you could play and stuff. Yeah, I know. But it's not the same. Not the same. same. I never had a Game Boy. I had a Game Gear. I never had a Game Boy. Ah, Sega. You were a Uh, Sega kid. As I said to you, Brendan, earlier today, um, is that, uh, you know, what a time that we're in right now where we have a Tetris game, or yeah. a Tetris movie. We yep. have a uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. Yep. And there was another one that I said. And we have or, a Dungeons and Dragons movie. And Dungeons out. and Dragons. And then we also have Air coming out this yes. week, the new Bad Affleck 
uh, Matt Damon 80s nostalgia movie as well, like, you know, for the Air Jordan era of Nike. And um, we're going to have Barbie coming out. And we're going to have Barbie coming out in the summer, which I'm also excited for. So this uh, is Super a- Mario Brothers getting very bad reviews, though. Yeah, that's what I've seen. But, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? Reviews are reviews. I mean, you know. It that's is true. Like- I mean, I, I am surprised that Tetris is your number one because I feel like a lot right. of people um, a lot of people are not liking this movie that I've seen on Letterboxd. I thought it was really, really fun. I mean, Toby Jones, who we've brought up a couple of times on this podcast from movies that he's been in, he's uh, a really, really fun character actor. He's in, you'll probably most likely remember him as uh, one of the bad guys in Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, also, uh, he's in some of the uh, the Harry Potter movies, isn't yeah, he? Yes, yeah. yeah, Toby Jones is. Yeah, I really love Toby Jones. He's fantastic in this. Um, I just thought this was a really fun ridiculous movie um i i I thought like whatever dark deal taron edgerton is signed with apple tv to let him do whatever he wants between blackbird and this and i think he has another show in development right now as well like i'm here for it i think taron edgerton's great as far as an actor goes like he's Hmm. he he knows what he is and he's doing a good job with it you know i don't know anything about it personally he may be a terrible person but he's he's a really fun actor you know? Yeah, everybody's a terrible person. All right. Um, <laughs> my best thing I watched this week. Yeah. Uh, it is a movie that came up last year when mm-hmm. uh, we were when we watched Chaplin. And this is the kind of capstone on the Limelight career uh, of, of the career of Charlie Chaplin. There's a movie called Limelight. Uh, yep. It's from 1952. It is not a silent film. It is a, it is a sound picture. And uh, written, directed, composed, starring Charlie Chaplin. So kind of, you know. I, you know, doing everything on this one. Um, and I think we saw a little of this in the Chaplin movie, but I don't think mm-hmm. we got a lot of this. Um, the image of this on Letterboxd is Charlie Chap, old Charlie Chaplin and old Buster Keaton sitting in a dressing room together. So I was really mm-hmm. excited for that aspect of it. Um, little spoiler for the movie. That's like one scene that Buster Keaton's in. He's not really in a ton of the movie, um, gotcha. but it's, it's a very good scene, but it is like for a movie from 1952 is so meta on the career of Charlie mm-hmm. Chaplin about somebody whose star is starting to fade. Um, he yeah. plays a stage comedian um, who has kind of the like tramp uh, character that he plays on stage. So like, it's very much like feels based in, in Charlie very Chaplin's. autobiographical. It feels yeah. like, yeah. Um, That's... And, and yeah, so it's, you know, and then we have another, we have the other character in the movie who's played by Claire Bloom, um, who is a dancer at the beginning of her career, who's facing like stage anxiety and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they're like two people at opposite ends of their career and they kind of come together and it does have sort of like a um, like a uh, like a Citizen Kane type thing. No, not like a Citizen a, Kane, like a um, I don't want to call it a love story. It's like a um, but they do like it's a relationship between them. Um, gotcha. Whatever that word is for like when it's like uh, it's like a friendly relationship. But it's like, like a mentorship. A eh, sort of. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, but. And the score is really good. That the score reminds me a lot of the song "Smile" that we hear mm-hmm. in, um, I think it's Modern Times. We hear "Smile," um, and just really good, you know, good physical scenes, of course, because we've got Charlie Chaplin, um, and, and just a one that I'm glad that I saw after seeing so many other Chaplin movies mm-hmm. and seeing the Chaplin autobi- uh, uh, Chaplin uh, biopic as well. Nice. So, watch this for Criterion. Catching up on that because a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend putting it on your list and uh, well worth a watch. Nice. I think kind of, I kind of like three it. movies in one, I feel like, yeah. where like the first hour is how I thought the whole movie was going to go and that sort of shifts. 
Interesting. I think I saw it back in the day in my history of cinema class, but I don't recall. You do have it marked on Letterboxd. I probably did. I yes. probably did then, because I think I went down a list of things that I watched in that class and marked them all off. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely did. It would be hard for me to remember. Like, they all kind of blend together when you yeah. haven't rewatched them in, like, you know, 20 years. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they all sort of start to blend together a little. Yeah, this one's a little bit more, like, uh, self-inquisitive or... Mm-hmm. Uh, self-reflective so nice yeah um and i believe it was i think charlie was in like one more movie after this but is basically the last uh his last Pretty major much. role seems okay. so nice um and despite the the poster being in color it is in black and white it is, but it's not silent okay. but it's black and white i was like expecting because the poster for it is very colorful so i was expecting a very colorful film but not hmm. not the case so um sort of you know kind of reminds me of other movies about like transitioning in different periods in cinema so good mm-hmm. one to add to your list nice Okay. All right. Uh, transitioning. Shall we transition to the Mask of Zorro? Yes. Uh, why does he wear the mask? Why do, What does the mask represent? So uh, we kind of have we have old Zorro and we have new Zorro in this. Um, old Zorro played by Antonio or Anthony Hopkins. Sorry. And yeah, uh, new Zorro played by Antonio Banderas. Yep. Uh, so, and uh, Alejandro uh, Marita. Yes. Is Antonio Banderas's character. And uh, Don Diego de la Vega is he's the original Zorro. He is Anthony Hopkins, character. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, so just to back up 1998 directed by Martin Campbell. I think the first thing that stuck out to me when I saw this was directed by Martin Campbell. Of course, Martin Campbell is the director of both Goldeneye and Casino Royale. Yes. Um, so like in, you know, he directed these first bond movies in two separate James Bond, like eras. Yeah. Which I feel like is a really cool, like footnote in his career because, um, both of those movies are movies I greatly enjoyed, but for totally different reasons. Like, yeah, GoldenEye is such movies. a fun, it's like such a fun Bond, campy Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And then Casino Royale is such a like return to serious Bond. Very serious. Like, yeah. it's such a reboot, re- like, serious Bond. And so it's nice to see him do something like this, which is sort of leaning a little more towards the GoldenEye side of yeah. his Bond making, but also, like, giving it a flair that isn't even there in the James Bond movie. Yeah, well, in this Bond movie, definitely, like, I feel like I was thinking about, and it makes sense that Mac likes this movie so much, yeah. because as I was watching this, the two things I was thinking about were James Bond, specifically Goldeneye. I yeah. mean, I don't feel like there's really beside, like, I don't think there's much Casino Royale in this um, mm-hmm. that I could feel. Um, but the other one that I was thinking a lot about, and this is not something Martin Campbell is involved in, is, ba- is the Batman series. Absolutely, yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder when this movie came out relative to Batman and Robin, because this yeah. movie is like the tone that the Batman movies could have taken if they didn't lean towards the like hyper camp that we got with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah, if they hadn't gotten Schumacher, yeah. Yeah, and Batman and Robin was the year before this. Yeah. Um, this but- this is um I think this movie does a really great job at striking the balance of like you understand the dramatic stakes and they don't lean too much into the like melodrama of those stakes. No. And then they also, like, allow room for humor in the action scenes. Yeah. You know, and such as, like, really getting good, off of, yeah. And really good action scenes. I really, think better action really scenes great. than we got in either of the Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's, I take that's that back. Not, Casino Royale had great action. True, but. Yeah, had great action. But better action than we saw in Casino Royale, or in Florida and I. Sorry. Yeah, and like very practical effects, like when the yeah. buildings were blowing up, you could tell like that was, you know, they were actually blowing things up. 
everything yeah. involving the horse the horseplay is fantastic like especially mm-hmm. when he's you know chasing the soldiers on horses and start taking them out one by one and then he's riding the like two horses at once yes and then that i wrote i love that part i wrote down insane. horse horser board uh, yeah. as like a reference back to the hoverboard uh even though there's no back oh, no. yeah because he's he's riding like that he's like uh yeah. water skiing the two horses yeah. basically. it's ridiculous i i think that the, there's so much fun action in this and then like we talked about last week with princess bride like how much we loved the one major sword fight in yes. that movie mm-hmm. with inigo and uh wesley Mm-hmm. And this basically doubles down, triples down on all those sword fights. Yeah. I mean, there are three or four standout action sword fights in this movie with multiple characters who it is clear took the time to train for those sequences. Or at least they did a really good job with they, stuntmen. And you can't or they had a lot of really good stuntmen. Yeah. Um, what, which one was your favorite? Did you have a favorite fight scene in this? <sighs> The, the one that I really, really loved was, first, I really loved the training scene between um, between uh, Antonio Banderas, between Alejandro and Don Diego. Uh-huh. Their first training scene when he's doing the knock me out of the circle thing mm-hmm. is really fantastic. And then later, I think the, fir- the best actual sword fight in the film is when Alejandro um, infiltrates the governor's castle. Mm-hmm. And at first he's fighting Captain Love, and then um, Governor Governor Raphael comes in, and he ends up having to fight both of them. And then all the soldiers come in, and he has to like fight off like eight dudes at once. And it just the way that fight escalates into this one sort of silly moment where he's able to escape by like dropping the stupid map that they've been staring at all movie onto them mm-hmm. yeah the evil, really the evil villain like the yeah. the bond villain you know we're gonna we're gonna mustache twirl and explain exactly. our entire yeah uh, our entire plot map yeah yeah uh, i really really um thought that that was actually the standout sequence of the film for me was that that whole escalation of the infiltration to the action scene and you get then you get to follow it up with this really fun scene where he's escaped he thinks that he's gotten away but he's actually been followed back to his hideout by uh, Elena. And she confronts him, and you find out, like, she's also kind of a badass. <clears throat> and she pulls a sword on him, and they have this little, like, tete-a-tete. And it's like, I think that that is... That's like when a, he cuts off all of her clothes. Yeah. Which is, not, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so it's, you know, you know it, it adds to their, like, sexual tension. It, yeah, it does. And, and it I think is, that like, they have... The Zorro character is, like, this romantic... Yeah, uh, he's a know, Sort of like yeah. James Bond, right? It's mm-hmm. the same type of behavior. Um, it's the same type of James Bond thing, yeah. yeah. And I think that they have... If they didn't have such fantastic chemistry, Catherine Zinni-Jones and Antonio Banderas, that scene would be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, no, they do. As they're, they, like kissing between fighting and things like yeah that. i mean um, they have such fantastic chemistry together i think that they're i think that there's a reason that like Catherine zeta jones broke out from this film and just went on a run of films for like 10 years after this where she's getting oscar nominations and she's getting critical acclaim and she's mm-hmm. getting starring role after starring role for a solid 10 to 12 year run after this and like she it's 
all from this film where she's just fantastic. Well, I mean, I, so I'm looking at her filmography. So you brought up the Phantom. She's actually in the Phantom. Is she um, in the Phantom? This. Yeah, two oh, years before funny. this. But then, yeah, after this, it's, you know, Entrapment, The Haunting. Yep. Um, she has a small role in uh, High Fidelity. Yep. Yeah, traffic. she's Charlie, right? Yeah. She's um, she's the ex-Charlie, I believe, is her name in yeah, High Fidelity. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, on to, like, if she ends up being in... Uh, was she not in Chicago? She wasn't. In she was. She was in Chicago. She's in Chicago. Yeah. Yep, she was in Chicago. She, which may come up later. Uh, she's she's in Chicago. She's in America's Sweethearts, which is actually like a forgotten, really decent rom com with mm. Billy Crystal, John Kizak, Julia Roberts, and her. That's actually like a lot of fun. It's a very mm. good movie. Nice. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so I'm really glad that those are the ones you picked because I had a different favorite scene and I was worried we were going to pick huh. the same one. Um, and mine is the scene about halfway through this movie when Alejandro goes to get the horse and mm. he yeah. fights all of the guys in like the, I don't know what that, what that build, you know, just in that building, that hideout or whatever yeah, after yeah. he releases the horse. And he's like, there's just so many inventive ways that he's fighting people. Like he's fighting with two swords and this happens a couple times where he has multiple swords, but he has two yeah. swords and he like, gets them together and like turns the whole group of them and he's right. fighting with the giant uh, metal ball. And then yeah. at the end he ends up using the cannonballs to fight and yeah. uh, lights the fuse and blows the building up and like runs out. Like it's very like pulp very... action. Like, yeah. you know, you would see in a comic frame where he's running out of the building as the building is exploding behind him. Yeah. Um, which we get. That, and that times. happens a couple of times in this movie. Yeah. Where there's we get like it in the finale things. too. Yeah. Where there's a big, those big explosions. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that was the one. I feel like that's the point in this movie where I was, like, just was having so much fun and really yeah, liked it. Sure. And I do think, like, that's one thing that I will say is, like, a criticism for me of this movie. Is I, so I went back and rewatched, like, the first 45 minutes again before we started mm -hmm. recording. And I liked it all a lot better. And I was able to kind of follow the story and the motivations a little bit better. Having, again, like, rewatch theory, right? Having seen yeah. the whole movie, I was able to pick up on some yeah. stuff. But I just got the tone of the movie a lot more. And I don't feel like yeah. the beginning of the movie I quite... It wasn't like, that I yeah, didn't yeah. get the tone, but I was trying to follow like where we were in this place in history. And maybe if I knew more about right. like the Mexican-American war the and Mexican the Spanish American war. Yeah. yeah and, and like um, the Spanish conquistadors or uh, yeah. uh, whatever. I don't know if the conquistadors at that point, but like I was trying to place the historical context. Yeah. And like so the this is like with the character. This is when Mexico and Spain still still fought for control of like Texas and California right. and the original settled Spanish parts of the colonies. So yeah. like I'm not positive if this is set before or after Texas was independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's around that same time as the battle for independence for Texas, where you know that we had the whole remember the Alamo and all that. Um, because it's the same. It's the same Santa Ana that they're talking about. So the Battle for the Alamo is 1836. Yeah. Um, and this movie I think starts in, um, like the 1820s. Yeah. So it's uh, around that same era. So that so. that yeah. So this the Alamo happens in between the the cold open that we yeah. get and then the present day scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I just I just thought that was really fun, and then you know he gets back to the um. The Zorro Cave, I guess, for lack of a yeah, better the, term. The, like, the Zorro Cave. The Z yeah, Cave. It, and, yeah. and Del Vega is like, you know, those were innocent people. Like, that's not who we fight for. Like, we're Robin Hood. Uh, right. We fight We fight the rich. We, um, yeah. you know, so, so definitely ties ties the Zorro character to Robin Hood. And, again, ties to Batman. Like, he's in a yep, cave. For sure. He's a rich guy who has a cave under his mansion that yep. he trains in. And then he fights 
you know, he fights for good. Um, yeah. Against you know, the rich. Has, has, has a mask that only covers half his face. You know, right. it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's very fun. Um, he has a cape too. And points. True. So, I love the costume. Um, just the all yeah. black, the cape, the hat. Yeah. Like the way that they both look and, and the way that they, the way that they, they stand when they're fighting with swords too. Like yeah. the sword fighting, it's like a, it's almost like a fencing it. position, right? Yeah, like it's, it's very like, cool. It's very fencing. Very old yeah. school. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I remember uh, another, you know, another movie that this reminded me a lot of is Indiana Jones. Yes. And I remember we went to a costume party when I was a kid. It's like one of my you know, early memories, and I only vaguely remember it. But it was, I think the theme was just like adventure or something like that. Mm-hmm. And everybody, it was like, there were lots of Indiana Jones and Zorro costumes there. Yeah. And this was before this movie came out. This was there like the go. early 1990s, maybe the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Indiana Jones is hot then, but still people were still dressed as Zorro. And that's they like They could have been first dressed as Wesley from The Princess Bride and you wouldn't have known. And it. I would have thought, well, I don't know, but for somehow I knew <laughs> Zorro, even as a little kid. Um, yeah. But yes, it could have been okay. Princess Bride as well. So, um, yeah, that's what I've always thought of with Zorro. And yeah. so I always thought Zorro was like bigger into pop culture, even before this movie, mm-hmm. than maybe Zorro might have been. So, uh, shall we get into the box office for this? We should do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, this is a, you, you said you were surprised that this film is a hit. Well, I think, uh, you're going to be surprised by the box office. Oh, wow. Yes, I am. Uh, so this movie came out, so it's a summer movie in 1998, July 17th, 1998. Um, this was like prime time of me starting to go to movies by myself. Yeah. Um, and it debuted at number one in the theaters. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, knocking out. Uh, oh, there's a whole bunch of movies that I am like I have special places for. Knocking Lethal Weapon Four out yep. of the number one spot. Definitely saw that when that came out opening weekend. I I was really into the Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, Lethal Weapon Four was one of those free DVDs that came with our first DVD yep. player. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, number three, which was number two the week before, was Armageddon. That is definitely yep. a movie that I saw in the theaters. Yep. You know, one of my absolutely. You know, like, like I said, going to movies by myself. This was one of those early ones that I remember going to see by myself. Yep. Um, and something about Mary was number four. Yep. Definitely uh, saw number that eleven as well. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Doolittle number five. No. Nope. Small Soldiers. I've never nope. seen Small Soldiers. Never saw Small six. Soldiers. Uh, Mulan number seven. Madeline number eight. Uh, another one of those free DVDs. Six Days, Seven Nights was number. Oh, one. I definitely saw that opening weekend in the theater. That was when I was still making it a point to go see every single Harrison Ford movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right around Six Days, Seven Nights is when that started to, like, fade for me. Yeah. Wow, this this box yeah. office is just insane. So we keep going. Usually, yeah. usually we're done by now. Number 10, The Truman Show. Yep. Uh, I saw that in the theater. Number really? 11, one I'm sure you saw in the theater is X-Files. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, number 12, still in the, the truth theater. truth is out there. Yeah, still in the theaters. 31 weeks later, still in the top 12 of movies uh titanic titanic yes yeah. um fun connection to titanic uh did you notice that there was a titanic movie from 1996 starring Catherine zeta jones i did not i think it's a tv series actually uh i think that was where um Robert it's a, yeah, it's a made for yeah sorry it's a, ma- yeah, yeah, it's a made for tv dramatization yeah you're right. I believe it was steven spielberg saw Catherine zeta jones in that and recommended her for this film yes uh so the cast of this so this is a two-day uh, miniseries on CBS in 1996. Mm. Peter Gallagher played Wynn Park. He's like the male lead. Uh, uh-huh. He's on the poster. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, the female lead. George C. Scott is the captain of the Lovely. Titanic. Love it. Eva, Love Eva Marie Scott. Saint, Tim Curry. Uh, 
So this is definitely something they rushed out to be released because they knew Titanic was coming. I don't know, because this is a few years before Titanic, right? Well, it's Except the year before, right? Didn't Titanic, Titanic come out in 97? 97. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yep. So they rushed this into production to come yeah. out before oh. Big Jim could release Titanic. Yeah. Also, Barry Pepper was in this movie. Barry uh, Pepper. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just just quite the cast for this, uh, this Titanic movie. All right. Back to the box office. So I think yeah. there was more. Um, speaking uh, of Barry Pepper. Uh, speaking of twin movies, um, Deep Impact. Yes. Number 15. Uh, in the box office. So, uh, and the only other movie to debut that week was The Thief, and I have no yes. idea what The Thief was. Do you remember that movie? I, I don't know what The Thief was either. Um, not Thief Mm-mm. from the eighties. Yeah, it was Khan. only in three theaters, so but no, it's nothing. Okay. Um, but uh, Zach, what knocked it out of number one the very next week? Oh, the next week. Uh, let me just click next week and see. Saving Private Ryan knocked it out of number one. That's why I said speaking of Barry Pepper. You oh, gotta yeah, read my okay. notes, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Barry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, what a summer yeah. that summer in 1998. What was. a summer. The next week you get Saving Private Ryan, which was you know multi award nominee, one of the biggest movies of the year, huge freaking movie. Um, and the next movie or the next weekend. I won't keep going, but the yeah. next weekend we had the Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap, yep. and the Negotiator both come out in theaters. Oh, I definitely saw the Negotiator in theaters. Yeah. I like that movie. And Basketball as well. Basketball, uh, I think I saw that in theaters too. Man, you spent, you, you could have used Movie Pass. I spent, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the theaters around, you know, between '96 and '99 was like mm-hmm. peak me going to the movie theaters every day of the summer. All right, I'm you know, not going to keep clicking. This is the last one. The <laughs> week after, we had Halloween H2O and Snake Eyes. Yep, saw both of those in the theater, too. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, All right. Halloween okay. H2O was really fun. Not very good, but fun. I have not seen it since. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, Snake Eyes is the one Nicholas Cage and Gary Sinise, right? Yep. And it yeah. opens with um, a tracking shot, like a, like a five-minute tracking shot. Yeah. Me. Good job. Yep. It's, it's about yeah. like a it's about like a boxing match that gets yeah he's a gambler yeah, yeah. yeah all right um anyway well back to back to back Zorro to, back to Zorro let's stick the pointy end into the other man yeah uh, stick him with the pointy end man uh that part reminds me of Game of Thrones also of I do feel like uh, Alejandro when he's got his hair brushed back yeah. especially when they're at the when they're at the uh, El Dorado for the first time yeah and three fingered Jack comes up um yeah. he looks very much like Jon Snow I feel like oh that yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was uh yeah, I thought that the the setup was really interesting for this because you're sitting there and you're introduced to the Anthony Hopkins character as Zorro, mm-hmm. as Don Diego, and you have a solid fifteen minutes where you're in the Don Diego era of Zorro, and the opening scene of him saving everyone is really cool, but it's like you're you're then under the mask with him and his wife and you're trying to be like wait so i just watched a 60 year old anthony hawkins do all that mm-hmm. <laughs> okay i guess yeah. i guess i'm buying this but you you end up buying it by the end of the movie too because he still has it 20 years later mm-hmm. when he, you know when he has to train antonio banderas up but it it is a tonal shift in the movie because the opening really is that classic swashbuckling adventure melodrama style of how this movie would have been made in the 50s. And I do and think then the tone like, changes. 
yeah, with the so modern era. With the I modern... think that the cold open. Yeah. Two things about the cold open. One, the cold open reminds me of like a James Bond cold of open. Course. You know, yeah, yeah. right? Like that we get the like little mini adventure, but mm-hmm. it also feels like you know because that, that's a pretty long cold open. That's like a fifteen minute scene or so. Yeah. I mean. That basically is a Zorro TV show, right? It's yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's a, it tells yeah, us it's it tells a full story. Zorro comes in, he saves the day, and he rides off into the sunset, um, mm-hmm. and then he's captured at the end. But that that whole open is like that could have been just you know on tonight's episode of Zorro that you know uh, that we're watching in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yes, it's. Yeah, it, it it does come out, especially like when you don't know what this movie is going to be about. Yeah, which I I didn't realize when I saw the poster for this movie, and we should have made predictions because neither of us mm-hmm. had seen this. I thought that Anthony Hopkins was going to be the villain in this movie. Ah, uh, okay. See, I knew he wasn't okay. just from like the years that this movie has been around. I knew that he was the uh, that he was like the original Zorro. Yeah. Like I had that in my head already. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't know who the bad guys were. And then you're introduced to this guy, Don Rafael, played by Stuart Wilson, who is playing like a Spanish governor of California, but this like completely, totally obvious English actor, which I mean, Anthony Hopkins is a is a Scottish yes. Welsh actor doing a Spanish accent as well. But I think it's more egregious with Stuart Wilson. Mm-hmm. than it is with Anthony Hopkins. And I don't know if you agree with that or not, but... No, I actually noticed it more with Anthony Hopkins. I think because really? I'm not that okay. familiar with Stuart Wilson. Like, I'm okay. sure I've seen him and stuff, but he doesn't stick out to me as somebody that I'm so familiar with. But Anthony Hopkins, like, I would be listening to Anthony Hopkins, and sometimes I'm like, you don't sound Spanish. It's that accent, yeah. Yeah. Like, he wasn't trying to hide his normal accent. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that was one of the things, probably one of the things, like, I detracted from this movie. I think Anthony Hopkins was fine, He's yeah. fun. Um, I definitely was expecting him to be the, the villain until I saw on the list that he Interesting. was. Um, and then when we first see him under the mask, and you're like, oh, it's it's young Anthony Hopkins dressed as Zorro. But I thought he did a pretty good job. I don't think he was the, like knockout. I think he was a little bit better replacement level. Um, yeah, I, I was much more um, much more invested in, you know, we're set up with two different bad guys. We're set up with Stuart Wilson's Don Raphael, who uh who don diego has a uh vendetta against because don rafael uh accidentally gets uh anthony hopkins's wife killed don Don diego's wife killed and takes takes his daughter huh yeah i think i don't think it was accidental was it it was. It was. He didn't mean for the because he was in love with the wife Yeah, yeah the soldiers are the ones that shot right that's true her you know so, but he also kidnaps his child and and then raises yes. her as his own. And, you know, this child ends up growing up so to be Captain We get these Jones. personal stakes. Yeah. We get yeah. his personal yeah. stakes. Yeah, we get such per. Yeah. We get personal stakes between, for both characters, right? That we, right. Um, that we get Alejandro's brother has been killed as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we, then we get introduced to the, to the, uh, to the Matt Lesher character who is Captain Harrison Love who is in charge of this Union cavalry that is basically siding with the Spanish governor played by uh, played by Stuart Wilson. And he is basically on the hunt for outlaws across the California territory. He captures um, 
<clears throat> sorry, he captures Alejandro and his brother and ends up uh, getting Alejandro's brother killed. Right. I guess he doesn't kill. He yeah. doesn't kill Alejandro's brother. Um, Alejandro's brother kills himself. He likes, uh, right. does that to rather than go to prison. Being... Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, but so so I, he's I'm trying to remember his brother's name. Uh, yeah. Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin. So so both Alejandro and Don Diego are basically out for revenge against the two main villains of this movie, and that's how they get their forces aligned. When you yeah. know when they both realize that they have vendetta against the same group of people, and they, mm-hmm. I think that this works really well once you realize that the two of them are so aligned. Um, I really like the performance by Matt Leisher as Captain Love. I think he's like, he's immediately giving douchebag vibes when you see him. Mm-hmm. And he does a really good job of playing that like really awful second banana villain role. And he's also a really good sword mm-hmm. fighter. Like the climactic sword fight with him and Alejandro where they're fighting across the mining complex on the side of the mountain is really, really good stuff. Like, you can tell that they put a lot of work into that sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, like, again, if we're if we're putting this, like, with a Bond movie, we have our main Bond villain mm-hmm. in Raphael, um, and Captain Love is kind of, like, his, like, lead henchman, and they're working together, right. and I think with, you know, I think the plot, like, the villain plot in this, that they're mining gold, and they're going to use the gold to yep. pay Spain to buy, like, the idea, like, we're going to yeah. buy California. We're going to buy um, California's independence. What is this, Chinatown? <laughs> I mean, Forget it. I it's just mining town. Um, I definitely yeah. thought of Chinatown, right? We yeah. have we have a valuable resource yeah. under the under the ground in California. Um, yeah. I mean, people and, are always you know, I, trying I always to exploit California, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. California can never catch a so. break. Everyone's trying to exploit it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I thought, um, you know, it's it's a plot that I haven't seen before in any movie. I yeah. like that it's somewhat based in historical stuff, too. Okay. Um, you know, another movie I was thinking about, which is a much worse movie, but Wild Wild West, for, yeah. like, a movie that takes place, you know, around this time period in the West and has, like, some semblance, like, there is some historical stuff that happens in there um, yeah. or, like, references to historical, uh, historical events in yeah, that movie. I mean, so, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just, I like that. I like that that's the path that they went in, you know, in, in these, like, I, I don't know what other Zorro villains were doing. I don't know if Captain Love is a normal, you know, regular villain of Zorro. Um, I don't know if either of these characters no, are, but I yeah. think that this worked as like their, their big scheme was to buy California. Yeah. Um, and I thought that like, it also reminded me a lot of, and you know, this isn't going to come up in my major connections, but it will come up in my honorable mentions. Um, I thought a lot about good, the bad and the ugly and how that film weaves <laughs> in, different aspects of like the American civil war into the backdrop of this classic Western gunfighter story. And this movie does a lot of the same thing where it's weaving in elements of the Spanish American war and the Spanish Mexican war into and the Mexican American war into this film in the background without like making it the entire plot. But like you, but you understand the metaphor as you're watching it, you know? And it's it's very yep. cool. Like yeah, and so it reminded me a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I thought about suggesting that if I hadn't just watched it this year. But 
Yeah. Um, and then we get the we get the bookend scene, right? That we yeah. open the I mean it's not quite bookends, but we open with the old Zoro telling mm-hmm. the story of Zoro to his daughter. Um, and then we close the movie with with uh to his daughter Elena, and then we close the movie with uh Delvega's uh child, with Delvega telling the story of Zoro to the original Zoro's granddaughter, right? So yep. the legacy of Zoro continues. Or grandson, yeah. I think he says is my son. It was grandson, okay. So yeah. yeah. Um yeah. The only thing that I think I also criticize this movie, and this movie is already pretty long. I don't think it could yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want it longer. But I do feel like the romance between Elena and De La Vega happened like very quickly. Um and so it was a little I was thrown off a little bit that the movie ends with them already having a child. Like I know that we're jumping ahead in the future. Yeah, I mean we're definitely jumping ahead. So you know it's it's also but just set up it just that seemed they like definitely... it was a little bit yeah, it felt like it wasn't that earned. Yeah, thing. it definitely feels like they were just like throwing that in there to set up for the fact that they're definitely going to do a sequel. Where they're like, we need to set up yes. that he's going to have to come out of retirement for the sequel. Just like, you know, Anthony Hopkins did at the beginning of this film. So it's, I think that they're definitely, um, you know, they, they, I think they knew they were going to make a sequel as they were making this, in my opinion. Um, but... <laughs> I, I mean, it worked for me mostly because they did meet pretty early on in the film when he goes to steal the horse. And she doesn't know it's him under the Zorro mask, but she also figures it out pretty quickly when he goes when he goes to dinner at the dance and they dance together. And he's like she she figures it out pretty quickly that he's Zorro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I um, buy it. It's. And also, he's yeah, a better I just think, option like, the, for her. The actual kid. romance. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I just think the actual romance is what it was. Yeah, they had a honor, but I just don't. Yeah, I just don't know when we would have squeezed that into this movie. Yeah, exactly. Then it's then it becomes more melodrama than I think this movie needed. Um, I think this this movie already was, as you said, a little long, but I didn't mind the pace so much. Um, you know, but I think that's also because I tackled the movie in two distinct. Has. I watched the first hour of this movie tonight, or last night, and then I watched the second hour of this movie uh, after work tonight. And so I was def- I definitely felt much more connected to the second half than the first half, just only because I just watched it. But I still greatly enjoyed both halves of this movie. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a it's a really fun movie. Um, you know, it, it, for me. I- took a little bit for me to kind of get a feel for what the pace and the tone was for this. And then once I understood that, I really liked the beginning on that, on that kind of uh, one and a half watch, I guess you'd call mm-hmm. it. Um, when was the, when did the sequel come out? That was what I was trying to find. Um, uh, it was so like there, there's the sequel. Later. There's the legend, the legend of Zorro. Yeah. I think it was three or four years later. Yeah. Uh, tw- 2005. So, uh, okay. Uh, so a good years. Uh, five years later Yeah, or seven years later. Uh, That's bad. Yeah, that's math, baby. Seven yeah. years later. Uh, <laughs> and and then it, it just based clicking on it, it says it, it takes place ten years after. Okay, um, so yeah. So I imagine that their grown-up kid has some major role in this movie without pointing through it. There's a character named Joaquim, so I would assume... Uh, so that's probably the son, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And this kid's been uh, in a... It sounds... Things. It's... Yeah, um... It sounds like there's a divorce plot line. This movie's not oh, supposed wonderful. to be very good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it leans much more into the campiness of the sequel, um, which is weird. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, Do you think that they will bring Zoro back? Are you surprised we haven't gotten any kind of Zoro reboot? I think that they should, especially, um, you know, Antonio Banderas has had sort of a career resurgence lately where he got um, nominated for Best Actor a couple of years ago for uh, Pain and Glory, uh, which, mm-hmm. uh, and he's sort of having a having a resurgence a little bit. I think now would be like a great time for him to announce a Zorro sequel where he's going to pass on the mantle to a younger Zorro. Oh, then we just do this again. Yeah. Yeah. We just do this again. Yeah. Of course, you know, you talk about his resurgence, you're living out the, you know, the Puss in Boots of it all, right? Puss Puss in Boots, the last wish just came out. Yeah. Um, Which we talked a lot about on the Shucks, on the Shuck podcast. Also on the Shuck podcast, uh, we talked about, and I believe I talked about that, I wouldn't be surprised if Shrek 5 comes out or right. if a donkey movie comes out, both of which were announced today. Whoa, so. huge, huge news from DreamWorks Animation. Nice. Yeah. And huge news podcast, because we predicted it a couple weeks before. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Um, all right. Shall we... Uh, do you want to get to feedback? Is there anything else yeah, you want to make sure we touch on? Let's get to... Actually, before we get to feedback, I want to shout out... There is a minor... Um, there's, a, there's a character actor in this movie who's sort of like... The second banana to um to Don to Don Raphael, who's like in there in a bunch of the scenes where they're together, um, where they're um it's Tony Tony Amendola who plays Don Louise. Not Tony Almeida. Tony Sorry, no, it's not Tony Almeida. Tony Amendola who plays uh Don Louise, he's in a bunch of see of the scenes where it's just him and uh Don Raphael. Um, I know him mostly from the Star Trek TV series, where he plays like this old warrior called Braytac on Stargate SG One, and so that's where I know him from. And whenever I lo- I love to see him whenever he pops up and stuff, but also because he kind of looks like F. Murray Abraham. I was thinking he definitely looked like F. Murray Abraham when I was yeah. watching this. But it's also like, oh, that's not F. Murray Abraham. That is actually Pedro Amade- or uh, Tony Amadeva. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, look, he, and he also appears in The Legend of Zorro, the sequel. Oh, nice. So maybe he's the bad guy in the, in the sequel. Yeah, I do. I I don't know. I don't think I'll, I don't know if I'll find out. Maybe, maybe someday <laughs> I'll go back to it. But I think I'm more likely to rewatch The Mask of Zorro again. Like, this is a movie I feel like I could just yeah. turn on and just whenever I want to watch, like, some fun action. Like, I think, like, the action really holds up. The fighting really holds up. Um, the story is pretty good. I also think, like, I love the idea that they were carving the Spanish uh, crest into the gold in order to use the gold to pay Spain with the gold that was already under Spain's control. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to pay him with his own money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a casino Ocean's Eleven type of heist idea that I I really, really love it. Yeah, it was great. Mm -hmm. It was a very fun idea. Yep. Um, And the score was great, too. I really... Yeah, I, I just kept every time the score would come out, I was like, oh, like this theme song. I don't know if this is like the old TV theme song for Zorro um, mm-hmm. or if this was original, but I just thought like it, it fit. It, it got me in like the mood for like swashbuckling adventure as I was watching this. Um, James Horner. So no surprise. Uh, that that makes sense. Score. Yeah, yep. James Horner is very good. All right. Um, well, let, why don't we get into feedback? So we have uh, yeah. feedback from Mac and he sent in a lot. Uh, he's the one who's the one who's always been hyping up this movie. And so, um, you know, definitely wanted to get his feedback. He says, uh, yeah. he starts off, he says, the what if scenarios for the Mask of Zorro are interesting. Spielberg wanted to direct for a while, but handed it off to Robert Rodriguez, who brings mm-hmm. in Antonio Banderas, but then bows out over budgetary issues. 
Martin Campbell was a last minute hire and forgoes Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, the people they mention as early casting choices are interesting too. Andy Garcia, he's great, but I don't think the movie works without Banderas. Not mm-hmm. many people can pull off the action chops and comedy equally well. Um, yeah, my, my, my thought about that with Garcia is I feel like he was already starting to be a little too old for the younger Zorro by that mm-hmm. point. Like, Banderas is a good 10 years younger than Andy Garcia. Yeah, because Andy Garcia, we're only two years from Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also just don't see him as, like, the... Yeah, Andy Garcia, this movie would not work with Andy Garcia. I don't think it does either. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Andy Garcia, but I don't think it's I don't think it's right with him. So, uh, you know, the the, the directing is interesting, too, that we originally had Spielberg. Spielberg stays on as a producer. We had Robert Rodriguez. A Robert Rodriguez version, I think, would be much different than this. Oh, it would be much darker. It'd be much darker and not not, no no room for humor. Yeah. I don't think the Robert Rodriguez version uh, debuts at number one at the box office. No, I don't think so either. Uh, um, the other thing is like Spielberg is the reason that we get Catherine Zeta Jones, which Mac, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, without Spielberg, Spielberg is the one that, that was like, we need Catherine, we need this girl, this lady in this film. And then he bows out and mm-hmm. we get the, you know, other half of the duo. Yeah. Um, and we do get, you know, the sliding doors, right? That because mm-hmm. Martin Campbell does this, he doesn't do Tomorrow Never Dies. I don't remember right. who did Tomorrow Never Dies. I like, I, I'm a fan of Tomorrow Never Dies though. Um, yeah. all right. So back to Max Beck. He says, uh, Antonio Banderas is perfect. And Sean mm-hmm. Connery was allegedly cast as Don Diego. My love for Connery is beyond question, but we've seen him as a Spanish swordsman in the Highlander. It wasn't great. Uh, Hopkins is a stretch, obviously, but pulls it off somehow. He seems vaguely British, of course, but Connery is constitutionally incapable of suppressing his Scottishness. Yeah, I agree so. with that. Yeah. It's sure. funny because the like even when I was pulling my suggestions, I kept forgetting that it was Anthony Hopkins and not Sean Connery. Yeah, because we get the old man with the long gray hair coming from prison. It's the same, like, grizzled yeah. old man with a beard look that Anthony Hopkins and Sean Connery share in this and The Rock. Yes. So, like, yeah, um, it's very, it's very similar. It's look. Between yeah. The Rock and also Last Crusade. Yeah. Right? That sure. in, in The Last Crusade, we also, uh, we have Anthony Hopkins as like a legacy character right. to our swashbuckling adventure character hero. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Stuart Wilson has a, has a small role in the rock. I did know this. All right. Going back to his feedback, uh, Stuart Wish- Wilson is overly British for the role as well, but he still sells it. Mm-hmm. The only weak link in the casting is captain love. The dude is eminently hateable, but too much of a wiener to be a worthy match for. Ben <laughs> He's creepy and all, but not threatening or scary. The tone of the movie is pretty per- uh so then this is kind of separate thought. The tone of the movie is pretty pitch perfect. The balance between action, comedy, darkness, fun, etc. The swashbuckling is top notch. Mm. So much clever stuff in the action sequences. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a dry run for Pirates of the Caribbean. Literally, the same screenwriters and it shows. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, there's there's more to this, but I figured I would pause down. Uh I do love that word swashbuckling. I feel like yeah, that should too. be working to our title connection. Swashbuckling, yeah. Yeah, like we had swashbuckling masked heroes in both movies. Um, Okay. So, all right. Uh, Last part of his feedback, he says, the little logical leap that I can never get past is Diego staying in that prison for 20 years. They go out of their way to show how cunning is and how he vows revenge. Just try to make that jail feel a little more secure. When Raphael comes back, Diego escapes like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Similar problem with uh, in The Rock, which him and Sarah just watched the other night. Uh, the one guy is such a badass. How do they keep him locked away so successfully? 
Yeah, that bothered me too. And, it's, and the other thing that bothered me about that scene when Raphael comes to inspect the prisons and he looks right at Don Diego and doesn't recognize him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a second. This guy's been your mortal enemy for however long and you didn't recognize him in that moment. Like that that didn't track. Or me. when they go to the or when they go to the mansion. The yeah, same thing. Or when, when they, they go, go to the, the mansion. Party. Yeah, we didn't talk about the ridiculous scene where they quote unquote go in disguise to the mansion party of uh of Don Raphael and Anthony Hopkins disguise is literally like to slick his hair back and put on glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he looks like it's like the, it's the Clark Kent effect. Maybe if I put on glasses, they won't recognize me. I mean, that's that kind of works, right? We have the Batman hero right. who they don't recognize because he's got his eyes covered. Um, and true. I guess it's kind of hard to tell, but it's a little different. Uh, yeah, a little uh, different, but yeah. And uh, so then, uh, and he says, uh, last thing, please note the bondness of the cold open intro yeah. scene, and of course the silhouette pose at the beginning, like the gun barrel sequence for the swords. Um, sure. Yeah, I definitely noticed that both at the beginning and the one at the end. Yeah, and, and the we, one get, at the end. we get Zoro when he and he cards the Z. Yep. So for sure, agreed. Uh, all of that, Mac gives it four stars. Nice, good job, Mac. Melo uh, Abreu writes in and says, "I honestly can't remember whether I'd seen this before. I thought I had, but the plot didn't ring any bells. It was fine. I expected more. Mostly, it felt like a bunch of tropes stuck together in a random order." To be fair, I guess it predates a lot of the movies I was mentally comparing it to, but it also wasn't as good. Three stars from Megan the Librarian. I'd be curious what movie she's comparing it to. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the the adventure movies of the early 2000s, maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess like Pirates of the Caribbean. And stuff. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean and such. Um, my, my thing is also that I wasn't sure if I had seen this movie or not before actually watching it. I thought that I had. But watching it, I couldn't remember ever seeing any of the things that I saw before. Mm. So I thought that I had seen this, but I also honestly wasn't 100% positive if I had or not. Yeah. So I don't feel like the scenes were stuck in a random order, like she I said. I didn't think that either. Um, I thought the plot moved pretty well, actually. But I do, I can see that in a way that, like, as you're watching it, I wasn't sure where the movie was going. And I liked what right. it eventually built up to. But th- I think that's why I was like not invested in the early parts of this movie until I'd seen the full story, because then I was like, OK, I get why this Captain Love character shooting the brother is important. Or I get right. why, you know, like I get why the kids that we see right at the beginning of the movie, you don't if you don't know that those kids are going to be our one of right. which is going to be Antonio Banderas uh, older, you know, the, the young version of Antonio Banderas um, or uh, De La Vega. Sorry. Um and just like the, the the plot with the way the plot moves, it, it does feel like there's like not the connective tissue that you necessarily need to like be super invested in the plot. Right. So That's I fair. get that. And we didn't mention it, but there is that disgusting moment in the film where <laughs> um, so uh, in this quote unquote disguise, um, you know, Diego goes to visit uh, Captain Love. He's commanded and to visit Captain Love after after three, Captain Love. after three Finger Jack is yeah. is shot and and uh and Alejandro is so upset about it. Captain right. Jack, I think, or Captain Love, I think, realizes um, yeah that there's he realizes that he yeah. that there's something amiss. Yeah, yeah. So he so Alejandro goes to visit Captain Love, and Captain Love has been keeping Alejandro's brother's head and hand in these time in these like disgusting jars. Yeah. Of, like, fermented whatever. And he challenges Alejandro to drink from it. 
And Alejandro actually drinks from the jar. I thought that was kind of badass. It's disgusting. It's he says, so he gross. says to, well, he says to Captain Love, hopefully someday I'll be able to see through your eyes, which is what right. the fermented um, jug body juice is for. Uh, the hand was not his brother's hand. The hand was uh, three-eyed three three jack. Three yeah, finger three finger jacks. Hand. Yeah, because yeah. it was a, it was a hand with three fingers on it. Yeah. So. So you dug both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, three fingers and three stars for Megan Librarian. Nice. Uh, not three fingers for Megan Librarian, but three fingers for Jack, three stars for Megan Librarian. Nice. Uh, all right. Jim Crumley says the Mask of Zorro is not a good movie. The plot is predictable. The editing is shabby and the acting is uneven. Some of the sword plan action scenes were fun. It would have been better as a 90s syndicated show. Two out of five. Ooh, two out of five. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. I, like uh, the I thought like I, 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 I do think like the plot is weird, but I think like, is... it's, there's some really interesting things that they do, like scene transitions in this movie. Um, where we see like a curtain go across the screen. Like it's almost like a mini wipe. And there's like, I thought that they, they blended the scenes together. Well, yeah, I thought the editing was fine. Um, I mean, there is like a lot of like action scene to action scene to action scene where you can kind of get lost in the like onslaught of swashbuckling adventure action scenes. Mm -hmm. They pack a lot of those into the movie, but I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, the, I was probably bored. could have cut like one scene. I mean, like, cause they have, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you would cut. As much have... as I enjoyed the horse chase where he goes on the double horseback, you could have cut that scene out of the film entirely and not mm, missed yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. That is a fun 15 minute chase sequence, but you could have cut that whole, that whole scene out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, continue. All right. Uh, Alex O writes in and says, after just watching through John Wick 2 and 3 over the weekend, I was pleasantly surprised that the action and set pieces in The Mask of Zorro hold up surprisingly well. All of the lead roles are really great, although Anthony Hopkins doesn't even try to change his accent, nope. but maybe that would have played worse. Both major villains of Raphael and Captain Love are appropriately slimy and despicable, and the overall plot is pr- pretty solid. As a kid, I remember watching this and then went through a phase of watching the Zorro cartoon whenever it was on. My only major complaint is that it is maybe a bit overly long and the time it takes for Alejandro to go from zero to hero doesn't really make a lot of sense. But overall, a really fun movie. Four out of five for Alex. Yeah, I think that we're supposed to think and, you know, I know that Alejandro... Um, he fights De La Vega early, mm. but he's he's drunk. But he gets his ass right. kicked by by De La Vega. Yeah. And but we do know that he has this history of being a of um a thief already. Like him yeah. and his brother have been doing these cons. And I think there's a lot of like backstory yeah. that's alluded to that actually would be pretty interesting. Like the adventures of Joaquin and Alejandro. We don't really see that besides yeah. the one thing they do at the beginning of three. With yeah, three, they seem uh, proficient in jet. both swordplay and gunplay. Yeah. yeah. And just like being able to like, sw- like, I love like how much like swinging there is, right? Where they have a whip and yeah. they, they use the whip or they use like a, a, like the flying fox, I think is what that thing is called, right? Like, like mm-hmm. a zip line thing type. Um, so, yeah. I th- but I do like, again, I think I'm with Alex that it, it moves a little long. I just yeah. don't know where you cut. So. <laughs> All right. I that cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to mute him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, Jenny, the music teacher, finishes things off. The movie was my introduction to Catherine Zeta-Jones and has a really great cast and a decent plot. It's a fun watch, and the revenge plot is a great connection to The Princess Bride. Uh, very nice. Yes. yes, there you go. Exactly, yeah. good connection. Yeah, yeah this film connects a lot to Princess Bride. I really liked it. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll be talking about that in a second. Um, all right, so what does that give us for the listeners? Uh, 3.4 from the listeners. Not too, not too bad. Cool, all right. Uh, and I will go first this week. Uh, I'm a four, solid four, which I think is what a lot of our listeners are, including Matt, yeah. who's a big fan of this. Um, I think it's a really fun, rewatchable, good action movie. And I think like when people talk about like the fun 90s poppy action films, like this is one that should be in the in contention with all of them. Uh, reminds me a lot, you know, if I was going to movie Atlas way back, reminds me a lot of Rocketeer. Yeah. Kind of in that same type of like historical period piece, uh, pulp action film. Um and yeah, I think I think it ran a little long. I think that Antonio Bend or uh, Antonio Hop Anthony Hopkins is Antonio Hopkins. Is, yeah, Antonio Hopkins' <laughs> accent. Um, and I don't think the love story is all that great either. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's. I had a lot of fun watching this, and I think this is one that definitely falls in the like watch it again, and you'll probably enjoy it more. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am right between a three and a half and a four trying to figure out when one way or the other which way i'm going to land i know that i'm you know i feel slightly higher than the listeners at 3.4 so i'm leaning more towards the 3.5 but i still had a lot of fun with this movie like i don't i can't really complain about anything action scene wise aside from maybe the fuses that led to the cages in the climactic battle that were holding all the prisoners were like the longest fuses in the history of cinema. But, yeah, but it I, took I don't so know. long for those fuses to like do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a long, long wait for those fuses to get to their endpoint, and it was kind of ridiculous. Like it was very movie movie ridiculous, but maybe it was supposed to be. Like, I, but, I mean, I like that. It, I you um, know, as something that that is a remake of this old like 50s yeah. tv show and comics like i don't mind the tropiness and like it you know just yeah. like dick tracy is another one this reminded me of right it feels sure. like yeah like some of that stuff feels like it's like right off the frame uh, yeah so. for sure all right well i i still really really enjoyed this movie um i think the cast is pretty fantastic um yeah i mean i, I mean antonio banderas and Catherine zeta jones are just wonderful together um i think i'm gonna give I think I'm going to go ahead and bump this up to a four. Um, oh, wow. I think I'm going to land on a four. I think nice. it's, I think it's on, because I think I would watch this again, and I think I would enjoy it more on a second watch, whereas like a 3.5, I don't think I'd be as hankering to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's Megan Librarian's I, I think role, I right? am hankering to watch yeah. it again. Megan's like, Meg, role is that if, if it's rewatchable, she gives it a four. So. I'm a four on this, and that's going to give us a 3.8 overall, which is going to bump us up to a four overall for Letterbox. Ooh, nice. All right. Hero of the movie time. Um, I mean, for me, this is easy. Zorro is the hero of the movie. He's literally the hero of the movie. Um, I have to give it to new Zorro if I had to pick between the two. I want to just give the, you know, the titular mask of Zorro. He who dons the mask of Zorro. He's the hero. Um. I would like to see in the prequel to this movie, though. I'd love to see what uh, De La Vega, you know, was De La Vega like a rich guy who was with all of these Spanish, yeah. uh, you know, these Spanish leaders, right? And yeah. like was at these dinner parties sure. with them and they had no idea that he was actually working against them secretly. I think there was like a like a fun like Zorro espionage movie that could be a prequel to this. 
Yeah. I am going to swerve and give it to the stunt and fight coordinators for this film. Oh, thanks. Oh, okay. Do you know who those people are? I do not off the top of my head. <laughs> um, if you want to look it up while I type this. but uh, Ted um, Griffith was in yeah, charge of stunts. Uh, let's do Ta- or Tad Griffith. Sorry. Tad Griffith? Nice. Uh, what is Tad right, Griffith here's, what, here's Tad Griffith's filmography. Iron Man. Nice. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Nice. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Kong Skull Island, 300, Hail Caesar, the Jumanji, the next level, um, Magnificent Seven remake, 310 to Yuma remake, there you go. Uh, Lone Ranger, Prince of Persia. So like a lot of these, uh, yep. so, like, uh, you know, Van Helsing, like a lot of movies that are kind Genre of movies. Nice. Oh, uh, he also did the stunts on Wild Wild West. Which oh, there you cool. go. So, yeah, I, I think that the stunt and fight coordination of this movie was really, really great. So I want to give it to the stunt and fight coordinators. So there you nice. go. Right. So they never get enough. They never get enough praise. That, no, that's good. That's I, I like. I like where you went with that. All right. Um. Next up, we have our connections. Uh, some movies on this. Is, this has come up a couple times for us. Uh, yes. Jeff has suggested it a few times. Okay. He suggested an off interview with a vampire for Antonio nice. Banderas. Um, and it actually made the finals that week. Uh, do you remember we ended up doing the week after? There uh, just wasn't enough Antonio Banderas in Interview with the Vampire was our argument. I believe. Yeah. Uh, um, do you know what we did the next off week? Of inter- off of Interview with the Vampire, we did... Did we go Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? It was one or the other. Um, Neither. We did Vampires. We did Vampires. Yeah. What we do in the shadows is what we do. Oh, that's right. Time. We did do what we do in the shadows. That was yeah. fun. That was a fun podcast. I love that movie. And I love that TV show. I think Interview with the Vampire was the last uh, of... Yes, it was. That was the I'll quit the podcast. Episode. Yeah, I'll quit the podcast because it was uh, <laughs> And then uh, he also, Jeff also suggested it off of Fracture last year. Uh, uh, yeah. For yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yep. yep. And then it came up off of the, uh, this was before that, it came up off the Rocketeer. Um, yep. I suggested it off the Rocketeer. Makes sense. Uh, in addition, off the Rocketeer, I also suggested The Princess Bride. Yep. Uh, there you go. So, I suggested two movies that we did right in a row uh, and mask of Zorro ended up being the movie that we picked or that mm-hmm. made the finals off of rocketeer. Uh, but we ended up going with the right stuff. Off of uh, there you go. Yep. Makes sense. And then uh, last week I suggested it off of princess bride. Boom. Good job. Yeah. I was right. trying to remember who suggested it last week. That was me. Uh, who, what were your uh, connections to princess bride? Yeah. I mean, a few obvious ones. I mean, Alejandro bests a giant in the, the bar fight scene, the swashbuckling scene. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, obviously we have the black mask with the bandana. Uh, we have them, you know, dressed fully in black through most of the film. Him and uh, and uh, and the Anthony Hopkins one dressed in black. Uh, let's see, we have pompous douchebag, quote unquote princes, who are trying to, you know, yep, who are trying to frame people for something that they didn't do in order to mm-hmm. gain gain control of the, a different land and steal um, steal somebody's girl too and Mr. steal somebody's girl. girl yep Mr. Yeah. steal your girl um let's see what else I had more I mean so there. when he's uh, in the obviously when... vengeance we had yeah. um the scarring of the face to signify like the remembrance of someone mm-hmm. where uh, Inigo does that to Rugen and could, yeah. um and uh the, uh. Don Diego does that to uh, Raphael at the beginning. Yeah. With his um, um, So in the scene where uh, where Alejandro goes to get the horse, the scene yes. that I really liked, uh, he ends up fighting a giant. I mean, the guy's not as big as Andre the Giant, but 
Yeah. yeah. His, um, it did have man in a mask fight. That's the right. Giant. Yeah. Yep. Um, and just the sword fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also had, um, uh, Captain Zeta Jones during the climactic scene begs for the life of her father by saying, please. And it was the please that caught my attention, mm-hmm. which was a big deal in Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, um, we also had like the gi- giant pirate ship. We had what else? Um, to the pain we had like torture stuff like the threats of torture and pain um yeah yeah and then uh we bookend the movie with uh st- you know telling a story to a telling child a story to a child and, and yeah. the end yeah. the story is about the grandfather yep so we have a story involving our grandfather all right uh title connections uh so i put uh my name hello my name is zoro um, I have kind of, I had sword fighting in masks, maybe swashbuckling in a black mask. Um, swashbuckling mask. man in black? Yeah. Swashbuckling man in black. I like that. I like that too. Um, I like we do have mask and we already have mask in the title because mask was Zorro. So. Yeah, works for me. All right. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, no, connections to other movies from this show. Oh, connections to other movies. Uh, yes. Hey, there's gold in them there, Hell, Zach. There is, yes, I Which wrote that connects down. to Treasure of the Sierra Madre. The gold mines. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's the big one I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, same writers as Shrek in this movie. Yep, there you go. Um, yes, yeah, so we had uh, Ted Ted Elliott uh, and I think Tar- uh, Terry Rossio also wrote Shrek. Um, yep. Which they also wrote Pirates of the Caribbean, as Mac pointed out. Uh, they wrote that Road to El Dorado. They wrote The Lone Ranger. A lot of very similar movies, actually. Yeah. Um, do you think that these guys connecting to Shrek is a reason why? Because the Puss in Boots character is very similar. To, to oh, they Zorro. definitely they definitely cast uh, him as Puss in Boots because of this movie. Well, but sure. they were not the writers of the sequel to Shrek. They were only the no, writers. No, but it was definitely Shrek. a nod to Zorro, yeah. the the casting of Puss in mm-hmm. Boots. Yeah, sure. and I do think like that's that's definitely like just kind of that that connection to Shrek in general. That like you know we're on a kind of our what third week in a row of this adventure right uh yep. we had banshees which was not an adventure but then we've we yep. have shrek and princess bride and now mask of zorro so three yeah, weeks in a row sure. of, of these kind of pulpy uh fairy tale adventures yeah. fairy tales and fairy tale adventures yep um lots of you know lots of western theme connections to once upon a time in the west obviously with mm-hmm. oh, you know yeah. the horse the horse races and the gold and mining the, and the yeah. yeah the like valuable resource that's underwater Dumb. the westward yep. expansion yeah yep. definitely lots All of connections that. to that yep. um we had a confession scene in this which tied back yeah. to um banshee the nishiran and then there is talk of destiny Yep. Um, in this, so uh, Forrest Gump, we had Destiny, and I think we had Destiny. I think probably most probably time in the West had Destiny or Treasure yep. of Sierra Madre. So. Pretty much every movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I do think like the Destiny. the Anthony Hopkins character, you could probably tie on to Maverick and talk yep. about Maverick, right? Like For the sure. old guys still got it. Yep. Thing. There you go. Yep. All right. You told me not to think, Donald Hunter. There you go. Uh, what is your movie map? Uh, I wrote two down. Uh, the Rocketeer, as you mentioned earlier, was a very obvious one, and you had connected to it earlier. And then also Ghost Rider, because okay. we had a former Ghost Rider teaching a new Ghost Rider how to be Ghost Rider. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And, yeah, and, and it's Ghost based on an old comic. I think that's a really yep. good one. And uh, yeah. I forgot the Rocketeer was last year. I was thinking that was two years ago. Yep. Um, yeah, so Ghost I'm gonna Rider. Do, I'm going to pick one right in the middle of Ghost Rider and the Rocketeer. Mm. I'm going to pick Fracture. Ooh, good one. Okay. So uh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins uh, loses his wife in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, good call. So. I didn't kill my wife. Yeah. I don't care. All right. Uh, one last thing. Yep. Uh, let's see. Do I have one last thing? Um, 
No, I can not start. really. I don't okay. really have one last thing. Do you have one I've last thing? Yep. Uh, the way this movie opens, so we have mm-hmm. the two, we have Joaquim and Alejandro like in a tent or like yes. a wagon, and they've cut holes through the wagon so they can oh, see. Oh yeah, Zorro. so they can see through the thing. But what, what we see is we see Alejandro put his eyes up to the holes, and yeah. then we the camera. Like, this is one of the editing things I really like. The transition is we go through those holes, and it's almost like he's seeing he's wearing a mask, but the mask is like yep. this whole big, um, this whole big wagon. It's very foreshadowing. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, I like it. Yeah, I thought that and it actually might have been Joaquim who was looking through the holes. Um, now that I remember, because sure I, I remember yeah. Alejandro, Joaquim is behind Alejandro. He goes, Alejandro, it's my turn. And he pushes him yeah. to the side and then he looks through. Um, also, we have talk of seeing through somebody's eyes with those jars with that like disgusting yep. head juice. Oh, yeah. The head juice. Yep. Yeah. Don't want to think so, about the head juice ever again after today. The head juice. All right. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that would be like something. The head juice is like something that would be in the basement of the um, the. Uh, what is his name? The Albino. In oh Princess yeah, Bride. for sure. In Princess Bride, absolutely. All right. Um. Well, shall we pick our next movie for next week? Yeah, let's do it. All right, ladder rung segment. Once we pick our movie for next week, send me your feedback at ladder movie on Twitter or Instagram, the movie ladder gmail.com to send Brendan an email with all of your feedback. Uh, if your movie gets chosen, send a voicemail. And let's see what we got first uh so get from jim how about another anthony hopkins movie that involves swords and people fighting about who's going to rule the lion in winter along with hopkins stuntman peter diamond worked on both movies mm-hmm. as well as uh the training the actors on sword play for the princess bride so lion in winter that's come up a bunch yeah lion in winter has i really like lion in winter especially the stage play mm-hmm. if only there was like like actual good sword fights in that movie it's much more of like a stately drama that's what yeah, I was. I was there. kind of surprised that there was talk of sword fighting in that movie. Yeah. All right, Alex O, uh, character that we've talked about a lot. Another vigilante fighting for justice. You kind of take your pick of Batman movies. He suggested The Dark Knight. Nice. Another Catherine Zeta-Jones role. Chicago uh, does involve people being jailed as well. Yeah, that's Chicago. And another Anthony Hopkins role. Maybe the Anthony Hopkins role. The Silence of the Lambs. Also him in prison. Anthony in prison. Yeah, in and prison. also that was the reason why. And this was only a couple years after. Sounds the Lambs, I just assumed yeah. he was the villain because of it. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. All right, Megan the Librarian has the remains of the day. Hopkins' character in The Mask of Zorro pretends to be a servant. In this film, he's mm-hmm. actually a servant. Oh, nice. There we go. Uh, another one I was thinking about, Thor. Hopkins is a father figure to a hero. Yes, yep. very, like, uh, melodramatic, yeah. that movie. Yeah. And finally, Silence of the Lambs. Hopkins and a severed head in a jar. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. All right. Here you go. Uh, Max suggestions are Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. He so. said the first one, and I had to look up which one the first one was. Okay. Yep. It's Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one is a uh, that, that same writers of this, very similar plot yeah. and structure and things like that. And we are like taking old IP and making something new. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and then uh, take pick your Batman movie. We have Batman, Batman. Begins from Mac. Yeah. Right off of my list. Good old uh, Batman. Batman Begins also, I believe, was the same year as Casino Royale, um, mm. or maybe it might have been the year before Casino Royale. Um, but like both kind of take that that same like reboot to the character where they take a more um, where they take a more dark and serious tone. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we close things off from listener suggestions from Jenny. Antonio Banderas is fighting against the wealthy in Avita. And yep. bonus points because it's a musical. Catherine yep. Zeta-Jones fights for her life in Chicago. Bonus, it's a musical. 
So yep, there you go. Boom. For those musicals. Especially, well, she is the music teacher, so there you go. That's true. Uh, Batman Begins 2005. Yeah. So I get to go first this week, so that's very exciting. Oh, so cool. happens every this, week. Uh, this movie was originally supposed to be directed by Robert Rodriguez, starring uh, Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. Why don't we double back on that and go with Desperado? Mm-hmm. With uh, Antonio Banderas, Robert Rodriguez... Um, do, 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 what else do I want to go with? Uh, you mentioned Robin Hood early in the film, or early in our review. Um, I think there's a lot of connections between this film and the Robin Hood animated film from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to suggest the animated Robin Hood film. Yeah. Where, uh, Zoro is very much a Robin Hood character. He is very much a Robin Hood character. Um, I also thought of, in the back half of this film, I thought of what about a multitude of sword fights that are all about gaining revenge for the death of a loved one. And I don't know if you'll veto this, but I think we could do Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. Ah. Part one and part two, the whole bloody thing. Mm-hmm. So let's, let me suggest both that we do both. Um, you log I, the whole bloody affair as a, because I don't, I, I just don't want to screw up our numbers. I think you can. I think you can. Yes. Yeah, um, well, that's... we can find out when you go to look it up. And then I also uh, thought about uh, a couple of different films. Uh, RRR, I want to suggest. Mm-hmm. That's my fourth film. Um, you know, uh, Latin uh, Indian Indian revolutionaries trying to strike out against the uh, against the bureaucracy and, and uh, you know new what do you call it when the the um like the colonizers. Yes, the colonizers. There you go. The colonialists. And also that they get imprisoned in that one. Um, and then I also looked up the greatest sword fights ever on film, and this film kept coming up. It's a film I don't even know anything about, starring Harvey Keitel from 1977 called The Duelists. The Duelists? Yeah. So that's going to be my fifth suggestion. Um, we probably could have also done for a movie map Romeo and Juliet, right? True. We have, like, families at war, daughter um, yep. who falls in love with the son she's not supposed to, and, like, they use swords, quote-unquote, but they were guns. Yep, yep. Right? Put away thy sword. Yeah. All right. Well, I had one movie on my list that I figured somebody else was going to suggest, so I didn't even originally have it on my list, but okay. I will. I had to go back and add it. Uh, that is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. We could just yep. double back to the Shrek franchise, watch Antonio Banderas with a sword, yep. getting Shrekky again. We just have to shut up Get Tim back baby. like two weeks later. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was, and then the, the first movie that came to mind was a movie called The Protege. It's a Martin Campbell movie that came out, um, I think, a year ago, maybe two years ago. Um, I think it has, um, it has, uh, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, no, it came out, it didn't get much buzz, but it has a really good cast. I thought it looked really good. And not to um, be confused with the prestige. No, not to be confused. No. So it's Maggie Q, Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Keaton. And it's directed by Martin Campbell. Huh. Uh, it came out in 2021 and I was like, oh, this will be, this will be great. It's by the guy who did Casino Royale. And I just, I didn't hear much about it. Interesting. So, um, all right, so the protege was my second one. Um, I have so many swashbuckling adventures, so I'll yeah. pick one of those for the end. Um, but we talked about pick your Batman. Um, yeah. How about the mask with the pa- the phantasm? I had so that in my also ran. Batman yeah. the animated uh, mask with the phantasm. Um, we talked about Indiana Jones. I think I got to do Last Crusade. Um, yeah. Because of the like father son stuff, I know we would be jumping, we would be skipping. Temple of Doom. Um, I probably would also watch Temple of Doom this week. Mm-hmm. 
But and uh, as, as an additional connection, Antonio Banderas is in the Dial of Destiny, which is coming out this summer. Yeah, I know. That's why I like didn't didn't end up putting in uh, Last Crusade on my list because I was like, it's way too soon for Last Crusade. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Way, way too soon for what? Not a, to make a connection oh. to, to Dial of Destiny, but whatever. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm I need to watch both those movies before Dial of Destiny, anyways. Fair enough. Um, all right, so that's four. Um, yep. So well, one more swashbuckling adventure. Yeah. Um, how about the? We had masks. We have people in a castle that yep. are being jailed. Um, we love Leonardo DiCaprio. How we about Man in the Iron Mask? Um, Jeremy Irons always a great villain. Um, yep. And I've never seen Man in the Iron Mask. I also haven't seen the Three Musketeers. So I don't know if not having seen the Three Musketeers will affect my viewing of the man. It will the not. Cast. It will not because they're totally different casts and everything. Cool. So yeah, you're fine. All right. And is that, that's the same number as you? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm going to run through my honorable mentions really quick. Uh, okay. The mummy, the three musketeers, yep. the rock, the lone ranger, uh, the lone yep. ranger. I would have put on my list had it not been doubly canceled by Ooh, totally uh, canceled. Johnny Depp and, uh, Army the Hammer and Army the, Hammer. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. and then I also had uh, Vertical Limit on my list, yeah. which has uh, what's his face that plays Robin, Chris O'Donnell, yeah. and it's also directed by Martin Campbell, and it's an adventure where they get yeah. stuck, but they're stuck in the mountains, and then there will be blood for uh, blood in these hills. There you go. I had the mask, uh, the Phantom, which I mentioned earlier, the Shadow, which I mentioned earlier, the Green Hornet, which was based on a. I was thinking about comic. the Green Hornet as like a bad version of this movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Coco, I thought about. Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, The Edge. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Rob Roy. And mm. yeah, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Why don't you read what we got? We'll pick. All right. Let me run this back to the top and see what we got. All right. We got The Lion and Winter, The Dark Knight, Chicago. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, Remains of the Day, Thor, Silence of the Lambs again, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Batman Begins, Evita, Chicago, Desperado, Robin Hood, Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair, RRR, The Duelists, The Last Wish, The Protégé, The Mask of the Phantasm, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and The Man in the Iron mask zach you get to go first okay um i think i'm gonna pick off of your list to start and um it's hard i i do like your i like your ingenuity with kill bill one and two that is yeah. loggable on letterboxd um but i don't think it's connections good enough um and oh, yeah i think okay. like you have a lot of ingenuity in your list i'm gonna go just the i'm gonna go with the low-hanging fruit take desperado though that's cool. I'm cool with that. I, I haven't seen that movie in years. Yeah, I haven't seen it since. I, I think would, the last time I saw it was on VHS. That's all yeah, I think I saw it in. I definitely saw it in high school. I don't know. I don't remember. We probably watched it in college. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes, I definitely watched it in college because we watched it before we went to see uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Which came out while I was in college, um, which also has the cancelable Johnny Depp. Oh, it does? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, From your list, I'm going to pick... There, there really is a lot of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in this movie, from all of the chase scenes and the squash buckling and the, mm-hmm. the the light humor and the yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, like yeah, the the deserty. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pick Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you about that. Um, and you know he's gonna be in Dial of Destiny, so yep. we've, 
We've got the penitent man shall pass, my friend. Yeah, I don't know who he's playing in Dallas. Do you think he's yeah. the villain? Who I, do you think? I have no idea. I'm not. I'm not even going to guess because I'm also kind of fitting, right? That yeah. I kept thinking it was Sean Connery in this movie. Yeah, yeah. this is very funny. Um, uh, also, man, the Man in the per- Iron Mask is not very good, but it has a great cast. Okay. Yeah, maybe someday I'll see that. Maybe someday um, I'll see that. Yeah, uh, and uh, the um, pause of pause of the last wish. What is his name? Um, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Thank you. I don't know yeah, why I blanked on that. Very appropriate that I put Puss in Boots on my list since there was a cat meowing in my background. For <laughs> this is very funny. Yes. Yeah. All right. Have cat meow. Yeah. All right. Um, you see off me eating bites. Off of the listener lists. Um, I love Silence of the Lambs, but I just I just watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I do like I do like Severed Head in a Jar as a connection. That's very fun. Um, I think it's really between The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Um, we talked so much about Batman. I think it would be good to have a Batman on the finals. Um, I don't know. Do you think one I'm not is? I disagree with you. Do you think one is a better Batman Begins like that... was Batman Begins was my connection on my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's the one I thought of. I didn't think The Dark Knight was a very good connection. Um, I do mean you have the whole protege thing in Batman Begins. Exactly. Um, yep. The return after there's a many sword years. Fight. There's an epic sword fight in Batman Begins. Okay. Yep. Batman Begins. Is there not with Liam Neeson? Uh, yeah. I don't remember, but um, sure. Batman Begins. I think I've seen The Dark Knight a bunch of times and haven't yeah, seen Batman and I Begins very much. So. Rewatched Batman Begins enough. Yeah. And just like the Indiana Jones movies, I do want to watch the all, a bunch of the Nolan movies this year um, before uh, Oppenheimer comes out. Yeah. And I mean, both Alex O and Jenny are just going right to the heart of me, musical theater nerd. Um, I I, ha- I have to throw Chicago in there. I absolutely love it. Um, really, really fantastic musical, really fantastic movie musical. Um, I, I love Chicago, and I think it's I think it'd be a fun connection. I mean, it's got it's you know all based around a jail and a jailbreak, and then you have you know. Everybody trying to get away with the murder of somebody else. Uh, Catherine, <laughs> sorry, Catherine Zeta-Jones. You know, nice. I mean, she's fantastic. Catherine so, Zeta-Jail. Yeah, um, exactly. Catherine Zeta-Jail. That's know, a that's... good title connection. Good yeah. job. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, like Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones' Jones's people would, like, come after us. And they'd be like, why are you naming your podcast before putting Catherine her in jail? Zeta-Jail. Yeah. Uh, We're not right. trying to cancel Catherine Zeta-Jones yet. All right, our final. And, and it's not like people who are, you know, canceled movies are not off limits. It's just fun no, to make no, fun no. of them. All right. Uh, All right. Desperado. So, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Batman Begins, and Chi Town. All right. Uh, Desperado, where do you think that's streaming? On uh, Netflix. Showtime. What? Or rentable. Oh, yes. speaking of Showtime, I just canceled my Showtime on Roku so that I could merge my Paramount Plus and Showtime into one, oh, cool. into one subscription. It's only a dollar more to do that. So. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. A lot of dollars more when you don't pay for Paramount Plus at all. Um, all right, Desperado, pretty much rentable. Because nice. your Showtime, it just shows the Roku Showtime. It, it doesn't show Paramount Plus. So. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Where do you think that one's at? Uh, HBO Max. No. I would have guessed Disney Plus, but uh, Oh, Paramount it's, it's got to be Paramount. It's got to be Paramount because it's Paramount. Paramount. Indiana Mom. Jones are Paramount movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Batman I Begins. Yeah. This is an easy one. Where's Batman Begins streaming? Uh, HBO. HBO Max. Yep. Yeah. And Chicago, where is that streaming? Uh, I would have guessed that too. HBO Max. Oh, okay, that makes sense. If that's a Warner Brothers, Brothers movie too, isn't it? Uh, Miramax. Chicago. I think it might be. I think yeah, it might it's a be. it's a Miramax. It's a it's a uh, yeah a wine a, a Weinstein joint. It's a Miramax flicks. We gotta bust it up. Yeah. All, All right. right. 
so yeah, Desperado, Indiana Jones. These are four good movies that I that we've both seen before that I don't mind watching. Um, yeah, I've seen everything on this list. Right. You see Chicago. Yep. And you're not? Are you a are you a Chicago guy or you're not? And I thought it was fine. I don't remember it that well. You're not a, you're like not so it. I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again just because. But there are better. Yeah, there are better yeah. musicals, and I think all three of these are better connections. Even though I love Chicago. Well, okay, so here's a connection though. Rob Marshall, who directed Chicago, also did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. I okay. do not know which of the Pirates of the Caribbean that is, but I don't know either. And I, it, it does it's not a connection because we didn't do Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> have a bunch of connections to this. Uh, yeah, 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 that's a that's a that's a whatever. That's that's a leap. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, don't don't all Kevin right. don't Kevin Bacon this thing. I mean, I don't know. We talked so much about Batman. I feel like it's I between know. Batman and Indiana Jones because I think it's two movies we talked the most about. Two childhood heroes, two childhood icons. Probably, probably could have used a James Bond in here too, but I did a bunch no, of yeah. you know, I already did all of them. There's no James Bond. I mean, I would have picked GoldenEye, and we wouldn't have done it anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, um, all right. So, Batman Begins, the first Batman of that series, or Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. The last. We're gonna call it the last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll the, see. The, that the was penultimate, the penultimate Indiana Jones, yeah. uh, or the anti-penultimate. Now that there's about to be a fifth. Um, so. Here is like a little bit of a, this is like a, 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 a little bit of a long connection, right? Like okay. another one of these connections. Long con. Uh, River Phoenix plays young Indiana Jones True. in this movie. True. River Phoenix is the younger brother of a brother, like of a, of a acting brothers, and he passed away early. Much like uh, Joaquin, the brother in um, in Mask of Zorro. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's kind of That's weird. Okay. Connection. I mean, um, but now that I'm talking about it, I am thinking about the fact yeah. that Indiana Jones starts with a flashback. That's a good point. It does start with a flashback. I mean, doesn't like, that so does, begins as well? So does that begins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, why do we, uh, why do we, uh, why do we fall, Master Brace? So um, you can learn to climb? Is that I what? don't know. Do we do Black Mask again three weeks in a row? I know. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that we keep staying behind the mask. Yeah. All right. Although Indiana Jones has the fancy hat. He has the hat, but not the mask. He has the hat, but not the mask. What do you what do you think? How are you feeling? Well, both so it's interesting because both of these movies we've done another movie in the franchise. In their, before. In their franchise we did yeah. Batman we did Batman Returns and yep. we did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um Okay, this is how we're gonna decide. I, I, wanna watch, I wanna both watch both Nolan movies. movies and I also wanna watch Indiana Jones movies. Which movie comes out first? Dial of oh, Destiny yeah. or Oppenheimer? Dial of Whatever Destiny. movie comes out first, that's it's the Dial, movie. it's Dial of Destiny. Okay. Dial of Destiny comes out. Release date is I believe it's June thirtieth. Uh, June thirtieth. Okay, yeah, close to Fourth of July. Oppenheimer comes out is August July twenty first. Oh, so just Greece. barely. We were doing Greece. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I think it's gonna be fun. Yes, we're we're going back to the Indiana Jones. Well, I am I am saying now I will be watching both Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. Yeah, you I, mean, I have to do both. We're only we're only really podcasting about Last Crusade, but I will be doing I will be checking out Temple of Doom. I freaking love Last Crusade so much. Um, Kali, the Kali Ma scene in Temple of Doom is kind of like the head in the jar. It's pretty great. Yeah, Kali yeah. Hot. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, well, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, the passing of the torch between an old an old yep. hero and a pulp hero, um, yep. adve- swashbuckling adventure. Yep. 
Um, I don't know. There's probably other connections, too. Oh, and that Antonio Banderas will be in Dial of Destiny. Maybe we can speculate on who we think he'll be playing. Yeah. All right. Have you you watched the Dial of Destiny trailer yet, Brendan? I have. Of course I have. Oh, so you did you see? No. Uh, Is Antonio Banderas in there? I did not see it. Or if I saw it, I don't recall. Okay. But I am excited. We're going to have a good time. I I freaking love the Indiana Jones movies. I also love the Batman movies, but I think we'll get to the Batman stuff at some point. But, um... Last Crusade is just like a childhood classic. Like my, you know, it's it's one of those ones that your whole family like absolutely, like my whole family absolutely loves. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I when I rewatched all of them a couple mm-hmm. years ago um, in order, I I liked Last Crusade a lot more than I remembered liking. That's it. what that's how I felt the last time I watched them too. Was that actually like Last Crusade might be my like personal favorite even if Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best one. Nice. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Uh last right. crusade coming Looks up like... next week. It's on Paramount Plus. Brendan, uh where can people catch you or what can you know what are you plugging for this week? Yeah, a couple of different things over at Post Show Recaps. Um last Friday I recorded the shrinking finale podcast with Melissa Woodward who has been on this podcast and Austin S. Smith uh over at Post Show Recaps. Had a lot of fun breaking down uh, shrinking as a whole, uh, streaming on Apple TV Plus, um, a show that I didn't really like the first couple of episodes, but it really came together by the end and had a really great conversation with Melissa and Austin all about season one of Shrinking. Um, also got together with Latanya and Rich for uh, the latest episode of The Mandalorian, uh, episode six dropping tomorrow morning. Very, very exciting. You can find those at Star Wars feed over at Push of Recaps having a really great time podcasting that with Latanya and Rich. And you can follow me on Twitter at Fitzy Brendan and on Instagram. There you go. You, uh, you did not shrink the runtime of that shrinking podcast. Uh, we did not. Uh, even though I made the joke about honey, we shrunk the shrinking recap. We did oh, not nice. actually shrink the shrinking recap. No, yeah. you did not. <laughs> um, nice. Uh, I have no podcast to plug except this one. So uh, nice. find me on this one next week, talking about Indiana Jones, the last crusade. Um, but listen to Brendan's podcast. They're fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, and we'll see everybody again for another Indiana Jones movie next week. Uh, the last crusade. It's on Paramount plus. Yeah. So check it out there. See you next week. I know it's wild. Um, I know this is one of. Uh, I hope he's gonna listen. I know this is one of Ariel uh, Gomez's favorite films. Oh, is it? Oh, good. Um, he absolutely loves it. But uh, nice. Uh, it's only got actually only has a three point two on Letterbox, but I think I, I blame uh, Megan Library and her three star because she's one of these. She's only a very low person in my in my Letterbox feed on this. Yeah. Uh, Matt Singer says I it, I find it very hard to not watch this movie whenever I stumble across it. It's currently on Netflix. Right. As years pass, I realize it's very close to my platonic ideal. Platonic is the word I was looking for earlier. My platonic ideal of a Hollywood entertainment. Everyone is gorgeous and witty, and in every scene, people are flirting or fighting or both. Most movies are lucky to have one actor at the top of their game. Zorro has Antonio Banderas, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Anthony Hopkins all at their absolute peak. Plus, you Mm -hmm. have Martin Campbell behind the camera, one of the most dependable action directors the last 30 years. 
Mm-hmm. It is a it is all pure pleasure. And why don't more superheroes wear shirts with deep V-necks to expose their prodigious <laughs> chest hair? There you One go. extra note. It is objectively awesome anytime a movie layers the sound of a jungle cat roaring over a big fire or explosion. Masked <laughs> Zora does this four different times, and thus it is quadruply objectively awesome. Nice. I didn't notice the jungle cat, but that, we'll say that's why I had a cat meowing in this podcast. Um, Josh Lewis says, very simple but effective romantic swashbuckling western with nice anamorphic compositions and very clean, mm. sturdy action set pieces. So many hot people holding swords. <laughs> hot people holding swords could have been our title collection. Yeah, there you go. Um, Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones, sword fighting is literally the sexiest thing ever put to film. <laughs> there you go. And finally, if you were to take a shot, every time you see some variant of the word swashbuckling in yep. all the reviews of this film, you'd be dead within minutes. <laughs> or at least you'd be fighting like... Uh, Alejandro was yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So, um, um, somebody somebody commented, they said you'd die instantly with Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. <laughs> nice. yeah. All right. Uh, right. Well, see everybody next week for Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. He was named after the dog. <laughs>